Welcome to the Danny Palmer Show. Does it sound cool if I say it like that? Are you sure you want to start your podcast now? I'm pretty honey. Yeah, sweetie, listen, I got to record, you know, I got to get this episode out on Wednesday. I mean, this is going to be this October 2022 is the number one uh, month of all time of this uh, three-year-old podcast. Dude, isn't that sick? What's up, y'all? Welcome to the vainly titled Danny Palmer Show. My name is Danny Palmer. I host this podcast. I named it after myself. So that, does, that does make sense. If someone else hosted it, it would be odd. Perhaps I was kidnapped or dead. Nope, I'm right here. Oh, you're already all right, baby. I want you to go down to me after you're done recording your podcast. All right, sweetie. I certainly will. That's my girlfriend. Uh, don't worry about her. None of your business. None of your beeswax, dude. I went to uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, and uh, with my college friends. It was really fun. And also, there's this comedy festival, Skank Fest. <laughs> what? I'm sure that just women were flocking to droves to get their tickets online to Skank Fest. Uh, actually, I saw a post today. Uh, the people that run it are really nice. And this woman said that she went by herself and she felt respected by men and they protected her from like homeless people down on Fremont Street. So um, I stopped by the fest when I was there. Uh, I hung out with Corinne Fisher for a little bit. It was kind of neat, but it was late at night. People had already gone home. Don't you hate when you show up somewhere and it's too late? And everybody's like, oh, dude, the cool people were here like 20 minutes ago. And then you were, you were not, Danny. So you fucking loser. I didn't perform in Skankfest, but I did. Uh, my friend Phil ran this show at a Filipino restaurant um, in Vegas, and it was cool. I did the show. There were probably like, I don't know, like 150 to 200 people there. And it was like a restaurant, you know, people were eating, kind of chaotic. I, don't, I wouldn't necessarily say it was an ambush show. I mean, they had a big sign that said comedy show tonight, but there were so many people, and the room is so big that it was hard to capture everyone's attention per se. But. Uh, I just kind of focused on the people in the front. I thought I had a pretty decent set overall. And uh, I talked to this one girl up front. I always like to hit on women in the front row of a show. I'm hitting this one girl. I was like, do you have a boyfriend? She said, yes. I was like, well, where is he? She's like right over there at the bar. I'm like, all right. So much for that. I'm going to get my ass kicked while I'm uh, on a trip. And then I talked to this other girl. And she, <laughs> she, I've never seen an audience member do this before. She took her hands and cupped her belly to show me like how pregnant she was. <laughs> I was like, Oh God, definitely not going to hit on her. And then, you know, because she like visibly showed me how pregnant she was. I was like, Oh, congratulations. I was like, well, what do you do? And she said in January. And then I was kind of like beating myself up about that. After my set, I was talking to my friends. I was like, That's, was, is that inappropriate of me to ask a lady when her due date is? And my friend Clay was like, she cupped her belly to show you that she was pregnant. That's a perfectly appropriate question when she's indicated to you clearly that she's pregnant. I was like, okay, okay. You know, sometimes like socially you're like, is that, did I fuck that up? Did I make a mistake here? I don't know. Then uh, later that night, I think went back to, uh, we stayed at the Paris hotel, Paris casino. You know, I used to think that place sucks, but it's pretty cool. Actually. It has this one bar. It'd be like a sick ass day bar, dude. It's so pretty. Anyways, my friend Scott, uh, Jordan and I were walking through the lobby or through the casino at like two in the morning we saw these two women they're both like attractive probably like i don't know 28 to 33 and uh one of them had like a like a baby like a fucking infant dude like this kid was probably six weeks old on a fucking casino floor at two in the morning my friend scott was like which one's the hooker which one's the mom which i think is a fair comment because you know is that bad to say should i delete this you better delete that you're getting canceled I don't really think you can cancel a 47-year-old 
bald dude with a podcast with a small podcast growing okay it's fucking growing i bet you're growing for me <laughs> all right danny i think some of your coworkers listen to this be careful buddy be careful dude by the way this is definitely not the podcast to come to for product recommendations i don't fucking know i don't care dude i, I don't know about products and shit bro <laughs> bose get bose sound system stuff um but i have this like work benefit where i can like get stuff and then my work pays for it, like stuff around my apartment. And I got this fucking Breville, what's it called? Grind control coffee maker. Oh my God, dude. I'm so excited. Oh my God. Don't you love when you get something new that's cool, that's kind of expensive, and you're like, dude, this is sick. My life has changed forever. And then like a day later, you're like, I gotta fucking clean this thing, dude. Fuck this. I'm going back to killing myself. <laughs> but uh, dude, it's the holy grail because it, you can, uh, it grinds the beans. You, you preset the time. So, you know, when you wake up at a normal hour like me, like, let's say, 9.20 a.m., <laughs> you set it so it fucking grinds the beans right then and brews the coffee right then. You just wake up and stand up out of your bed, and then the coffee's fucking ready to do that sick. And I realize that I'm, I'm not the first person in the world <laughs> to know that or to find this fucking amazing feature. But, dude, I don't know how many, like, home coffee machines both grind and brew at a preset time. That is fucking sick, dude. Highly recommend it. All right, that's enough. Quit talking about products, dude. Back to talking about cum. That's your specialty. So, honey, that's not nice. Yeah, so I mean, I feel like even if you don't like sports, you'll like this story. So like the baseball playoffs, I'm, I'm a fan of the Cleveland Guardians. And um, one of our players, Josh Naylor, we hit a home run against the Yankees, against their, uh, their ace, Jarrett Cole. And he made this motion as he was rounding the bases like he was rocking a baby as though like he was, you know, the Jarrett Cole's dad. <laughs> And then Jericho was like, oh, it's stupid, whatever. You know? But then the Yankees fans kept making fun of Cleveland for like doing... They, so they would do the Rock the Baby like after the um, Cleveland Guardians lost the playoff series. But then the Yankees had to go play Houston. And then the Houston fans in game one of their series were doing the same thing. They were rocking the baby to the Yankees. And it just reminds me like no matter what peak you ascend to or reach in life, there's always somebody that's going to beat you eventually. And then they're going to make fun of you. You know what I mean? Like nobody stays on the top forever. You can't, even if you're Muhammad Ali, sooner or later, you're going to lose a fight. You're going to have to retire. Even if you're the CEO of a company, you report to the board of directors. You know, it's like for whom doth the bell toll? It tolls for thee, motherfucker. Okay. Wow. Wow. You're mixing poetry in. You must get a lot of girls. Not really. Fuck you. Sorry. What? I don't know who's talking. Oh, and then also, dude, in Vegas, we were uh, hanging out at the Golden Nugget in the old downtown area dude the golden nugget is sick like at first you're like oh, golden nugget Psh, that'll be the day the old school vegas come on dude we're, we're all at the bellagio and mandalay bay no dude the golden nugget is sick it's like a good vibe it's like more like real vegas and apparently i was talking to these two girls in this bar within the casino and they one of them was there with her mom and the other girl was there with her grandmother so apparently women in downtown vegas party with their mom and then this one girl that I was talking to, she said that I look good in a blazer. So that I'm, I'm always wearing a blazer from now until the day that I'm dead. Okay. I preset grind and brew my coffee and I wear a blazer. Those are the two facts you need to know about me. Also, I'm alone. <laughs> oh, dude. I kind of love this story. My friend, uh, my friend, Mike, should I say his last name? It doesn't matter. His name is Mike Good. He, he's like a really good gambler. I was like watching him play craps. I don't really know how to play craps. And he's doing all these like fucking side bets and shit. I'm like, bro, I don't even know what you're doing. But he won like a bunch. Of, I think he won like three grand playing. Uh, was it craps or like blackjack? And it wasn't. I don't know. Some game. Some fucking game, dude. Poker. Who knows? Who cares? He won three thousand dollars. That's the fucking point. 
Then he went back to his hotel room, didn't put the cash away in a safe. Moron. And then someone broke in and robbed all of his cash. I mean, obviously, it's a crime and I feel bad for him, but also, it's pretty fucking funny. It just reminds me of, like, Omar on the wire. You know, the drug dealer just, like, waits for the drug dealers to complete their transaction and then shows up with a shotgun and takes the money or takes the drugs. Like, I was just thinking about the thief watching Mike gamble all night, like, slaving away at a poker table for hours and hours. He's like, cool, man. Second you leave your hotel room, all that cash is mine. Like the next night, Mike Good was playing a different game. He was playing craps that night. I was like, dude, the thief is just like two tables over, just like clapping for you. Like, oh, good job, dude. That was a hell of a hand. Can't wait to spend that later. Oh, and the other beautiful story I have to share from Vegas. Well, I guess this is the only beautiful story. Well, my friend's getting robbed is pretty beautiful to me. (laughs) But my friend Eric was kind enough to get us tickets to uh, one of the Cirque du Soleil shows, Mystere, at Treasure Island. By the way, if you go to Treasure Island in a Vegas cab, the like bellhop guy will call it T.I. I was like, oh, shit, you can call it T.I.? So then I started saying T.I. a lot. Like, do you guys want to go over to T.I.? They're like, where? I'm like, uh, T.I. It's like a Vegas term. You don't know it. I, they're like, you didn't know it either until 20 minutes ago. I'm like, I know it now, motherfucker. Okay. Anyways. There's like three Cirque shows in Vegas, I guess. My friend Harrison Greenbaum, who's a funny New York comic, he performs in the Bad Apple one. <laughs> and then I saw him in New York after I returned. He's like, seriously, dude, you flew all the way to Vegas and you saw a Cirque show that wasn't mine? I'm like, I don't know, dude. I'm not going to ask somebody for tickets. You know what I mean? Plus, I was there with like eight people. I'm like, oh, uh, hey, man. Can I have eight free tickets to your show, dude? That'd be sick. My friend Eric has some connections. And so we went to that and it was great. It was fucking amazing. And there was this one moment that I thought really perfectly encapsulated what art is and the beauty of it and the struggle and then the ultimate triumph that sometimes occurs not always sometimes uh these so it's you know it's all acrobats and shit and then they flip this one girl up i don't know i can't describe it you know it's like a pyramid of people kind of like a cheerleader like tower but except like more bigger and dramatic because it's like a cirque show in vegas so this girl does this like three flips in the air and then she's supposed to land on top of these pyramid of people and she lands on them, but then she doesn't stick the landing and she kind of like teeters over and then falls and there's spotters on either side of the main performers, which also is kind of curious about the spotters. I'm like, are those the understudies? Like they're just not ready yet. Probably. Um, so the woman falls into the, you know, the spotters and they gracefully, you know, let her down. And then that was like literally the only miss of a 90 minute show, which is completely insane based on the level of difficulty of the stuff that they were doing. So then um, she does like a similar jump, except it was even higher. And then she stuck it and the crowd just erupted into cheers and applause, which were more intense because of the fact that she missed the earlier jump. It was like, you know, like it's like setback followed by triumph. And also I feel like in comedy and I assume other artistic endeavors as well, like you don't just make it to the top by yourself, you know, like your friends help you and support you and give you solace and ideas. And, you know, she kind of teetered off to the side on her first jump. Her friends supported her and she did it again and she nailed it. I thought that was a good encapsulation of what art is. And then I told my friends right after the show ended that that take on it. And they're like, Jesus, dude, <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you thinking like that? I'm like, I don't know. I was a philosophy major. Am I smart? Do you guys think I'm cool? Nobody thinks you're cool. Wrap up your podcast. All right. Sorry. Sorry, toots. You can't say toots anymore. It's 2022. It's fun to say toots. If you say toots with a girl, my coworker, Kyle, we, she and I say toots together to each other at work. 
That's okay. You know what I mean? You can say something that's not cool as long as a girl says it too. Is this not? Canceled. I thought this was interesting. I saw this story that uh, people like parkour when they like jump around onto like city streets and stuff and like scale barriers. I don't know the fucking term. But apparently in Paris, uh, there's like an energy crisis. And so these parkour people are jumping up onto bank signs using their parkour skills to turn off lights overnight. The city of lights. Get it? Ironic. To save energy, which is kind of, I thought I was like, I was like, damn, like, I'm not going to read the whole story, but that's an interesting idea. As an energy crisis looms, nimble young activists are using superhero like moves to switch off laceful, waste, laceful, wasteful lights that stores leave on all night. Yeah, don't leave your stores on all night, okay? I think it's like some Rolex store, like Cartier or something. Like, dude, turn your fucking lights off at night, dude. We're in a crisis, you guys. Everybody's got to pitch in. <laughs> all right. I just read through all these ideas that I capture for the pod, and sometimes I'm like, oh, this will be great. And then I read it later, and I'm like, what? No, no dude, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Infinity is larger than the largest number you can think of. I'm basically like most of the way done with that Infinity documentary on Netflix. Dude, that shit's fucking wild. Did you know that there's basically infinity between the number zero and the number one? Like if you keep dividing it, you know, 0. 0.5, 0. 0.25, you can just divide that all the way through infinity, whatever that means, and you still won't even get to one, which is, I, I just, uh, what? it's crazy. Yeah. Anyways, back to Vegas for a second. I'm, I'm there with my uh, friends at this restaurant. I think it was called Wakuda. It's like this really good sushi and uh, seafood restaurant. And all my, like, I'm the only, like, single guy in this group. Like, they're lucky I fucking went, dude. You know what I mean? I'm the only single guy. And they're just like, they're like, yeah, man, Danny, why, why, why aren't you, uh, why aren't you, why aren't you out uh, getting laid, dude? Where's the girls at? I'm like, I'm with seven dudes at dinner. I'm not going to pull, what am I going to do? Ask a girl to come over and join our table? They're like, oh, there's a table of girls right there. I'm like, dude, they're eating dinner. I'm not going to approach a table of women while they're eating dinner. Like, how long have you losers been out of the game that you don't know that? Jesus Christ, dude. Okay, and I'll read some short science stuff. (laughs) Science and uh, health and fitness stuff. It's my favorite, dude. This is an article that I read about oak trees. As Douglas W. Tallamy explains in his Splendid, I like, I like when like New York Times writers say Splendid. Oh, I'm, I'm writing a book review. I'm going to use words that I would never use in real life to show how smart I am. Is Splendid. 2021 book, The Nature of Oaks, The Rich Ecology of One of Our Most Essential, or sorry, of Our Most Essential Native Trees. Okay, so oaks are keystone plants. Do you guys know what keystone plants are? Uh, the central life form upon which so many other species in the ecosystem depend. Hundreds of insects and caterpillars feed on oak leaves. And those insects, in turn, feed birds, mammals, amphibians, reptiles, and even other insects. In fall and winter, acorns feed many of them all over again. Look at that, you know? It's not just the fucking... The the animals and insects eating each other, then they eat the acorns too. Because so many predators eat the creatures that eat the acorns, a good year for oaks is a good year for everybody. No other tree genus supports so much life, Dr. Tallamy said. Notes. Now, are we going to go into who Dr. Tallamy is in their background? We are not. Are we going to describe what is specifically a genus is? Again, the answer is no. <laughs> and here's a quote about exercise. Uh, exercise stimulates immune cells to patrol the body for virus insect- infected cells so that it can identify and eliminate them, Dr. Neiman said. Just, it's a doctor. And the last name is Neiman. Relax. 
Just a few hours of moderate exercise spread across a week is enough to get your immune cells circulating up optimally, he said. And the exercises don't have to be intense. Just walking, dancing, or vigorous yard work is enough to experience a boost in your health. Isn't that sick, dude? I love that. Every time I go for a run now, I'm like, oh, I'm getting my immune cells stimulated the fuck up. Go patrol, you guys. Go fucking patrol. And then this uh, snippet is about fruits and vegetables, a variety of brightly colored fruits and vegetables, berries, citrus fruits, red cabbage, and kale, for instance, are great sources of flavonoids, chemical compounds found in plants that can help the body, yet again, fight inflammation and illness. Tea, coffee, dark chocolate, and certain grains like buckwheat are also good sources of flavonoids. In Dr. Neiman's 2020 or 2011 study, his team found that adults who ate at least three servings of fruit per day had fewer upper respiratory tract infections throughout the year than those who did not eat as much fruit. Okay? So my friend Clay, we were at that Wakuda restaurant. He spit out a piece of pineapple as though he had eaten poison. I'm like, dude, you, you need to eat fruits, bro. You're going to get all kinds of fucking upper respiratory diseases. You fucking unhealthy bitch. Just kidding. Clay's nice. I like Clay. We're fun. We have fun. Um, also more information about health a radical new body of evidence shows that people are at their best physically harder mentally tougher and spiritually sounder after experiencing the same discomforts that our early ancestors were exposed to every day scientists are finding that certain discomfort protects us from physical and psychological problems like obesity heart disease cancers diabetes depression and anxiety and even more fundamental issues like feeling a lack of meaning and purpose. That's for a quote from Michael Easter, who is author of The Comfort Crisis. Yeah, being comfortable is whack for your health, dude. You got to fucking stress your body out via exercise and rigorous shit, dude. If you see your job... Oh, this is now related to work. Okay, we're just going through these quotes very quickly. But it's fun. It's fun. You guys... You guys hey, wait. Quick time out before I read this quote about like finding purpose at work. Do you guys like to do sick activities? Do you guys like to be sick? Okay. If you see your job as punching the clock, not only will you never be great at it, but your employer won't invest in you. The best relationships are the ones where both partners go in all the time to make the relationship amazing. This is yet another quote from my Farnham Street blog, my favorite thing online. Um, if committing to this degree sounds like a lot of work, it is. That's why so many people are half in. The problem with half in and half committed is that it doesn't get you the results you want. If you're not committed, get out. The committed person gets both the opportunity and the results. So I thought that's pretty interesting, you know, because sometimes you're like, oh, well, you know, you don't want to like get, I mean, you don't want to like burn out and like have no balance and, you know, die of a heart attack uh, at your desk when you're fucking 45. Like you don't want those things, but also not fully committing you know, it's like a balance, right? You can manage your health, manage your stress, manage your anxiety, but also be fully committed to the work that you're doing. And that is kind of like the success middle ground matrix that, you know, everybody would hope to strive and achieve for. Is that something? Does that count as content? Okay. And then my other favorite place to gather cool stuff to read about on the podcast and to think about for like life in general and stuff. Farnham Street blog is great for like business and like mental models and like decision making and how to live a great life and and make good decisions. I think I already said decision making. Don't say decision making twice in the same sentence, you loser. You're wasting people's time. All right, honey, can you be a little nicer? Can you be a little less stupid? (laughs) Okay. And then this quote is from The Marginalian, which is much more like philosophy and like 
meaning and poetry, kind of beauty stuff, you know? So this is a quote about autumn, fall, the season we're in now, you guys. Oh, cute. And if you're listening to this any number of years in the future and it's fall, you can also think about it as being in the present. <laughs> autumn is the season of ambivalence and reconciliation. Soft carpeted training ground for the dissolution that awaits us all. Low lit chamber for hearing more intimately the syncopation of grief and gladness that scores our improbable and finite lives. Each yellow burst in the canopy a reminder that everything beautiful is perishable. Each falling leaf at once a requiem for our own mortality and a rhapsody for the unbidden gift of having lived at all. That dual awareness, after all, betokens the luckiness of death. Oh boy, that's deep. Luckiness of death. That could be a whole other fucking Pajon episode content, dude, or theme. You know what I'm saying? Maybe I'll read more into that next time, or I'll just forget about it. How about we do that, guys? All right, anyways, follow me on fucking Instagram, dude. Danny Palmer NYC. I have these like good vibes videos that I post on a weekly basis. You can watch those. If you're a UFC fan, you'll hate my guts based on one of them. I had to turn off the, the commenting. It's <laughs> just like, I don't, I want to, I'm okay with hearing negative comments about my like comedy content or like, you know, the content that I create and shit. But like, I was just getting to the point where like every two hours, some like UFC fan would be like, you suck. <laughs> just my phone would just alert me that someone else thinks I suck. <laughs> while i'm trying to work I'm like dude come on that's not very nice anyways uh every friday black cat les 172 rivington i'm at new york comedy club sometimes i'm at other places sometimes you guys i am the barbershop show in uh in the east village on saturday night it was so sick dude i'll tell you guys that story another time okay what's up jillian here we go okay guys have a great fucking weekend oh my god Number one month of all time in the pod. Pretty sick. Pretty, pretty.